Rod Smith from Awabakul. Welcome to this month's Awabakul Pod, where my special guest is the one and only Louise Campbell from Catholic Schools Office, and also a long, long-term active community member of Newcastle on the Hunter. Louise, welcome and thank you for coming to this month's Awabakul Pod on the theme of NADOC of Hill Country. Thanks very much, Rodney. I'm very honoured to be here and thank you for inviting me to be a part of this month's Awabapod. No problems. Now, we've known each other for a long time. Um, yeah, you've known me since I was pooping yellow. When I always think of Louise Campbell, the first thing that comes in my head is basketball days. Um, you know, I was a kid in primary school, yeah. Knocking around playing in teams with my sisters and my mum and that. They were good days. Old Broadmeadow Basketball Saturday and Wickham Basketball Stadium. Tell me about it, Rodney. It was like yesterday, although my body's not able to, you know, sort of go back then. But look, we've had the best days of our lives, I think, all the girls. And even our kids grew up with the basketball, mm. you know, Everson Marger, they grew up, they knew exactly not to go on that court, they knew exactly where the line was and they were not allowed, they were all told and told the rules about walking on that court. That was the women and the mothers and yeah. your mum and all of that, even Aunty Gloria, yeah. we were all there, um, that was our moment, yeah. us women. I think back to those days and I even think it now and yeah, we've grown in a lot of uh, areas, especially organisations, but mm. with community teams like that, you know, I just don't know if I hear as much as, because it wasn't, you know, because we used to even go to other towns and compete in um, knockout carnivals for basketball and, and things like that. Oh, well, we sure did. But now <laughs> it's just football, football, it just seems like it's just football, football. Yes, yeah. that's right. But good old days. The great old days. And you know, I even remember you guys training at Carrington in that the hall's not there now. No, it's but remember not. Remember that half court? Yes. Yes, Man. we did that. That was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here to talk about NADOC. What I've done is I've gone online, I've gone onto the NADOC page and I've, and I've typed up um, what their explanation is of, of NADOC. And as I was reading it and going through it, I thought, mm, there's a lot of questions here. And it'd be good to, to get um, someone who's experienced a lot in life. Um, you know, chatting with you there um, last week, um, I'd completely forgotten, but you. But one of the things you said you've 26 years in the school education. Also, if we go back, um, cultural camps, what we call cultural camps, um, and also personally with your own life, you're part of this. I'd completely forgotten the stolen generation. Also, yes, that's right. Yeah. So, so I suppose and that's why when I thought about heel country, you know, for me it was about. I suppose with COVID happening, um, the bushfires that we had, then we had, yeah, you know, the droughts, then we got flooded, you know, um, the Black Lives Matter movement. There was just so much that was just happening, and the stress, I think, that was on this country. And so to have the the theme of Hill Country for me, I thought, oh, this is great. And I thought I had Donna Mary in once, and it was I thought the topic it related to her as in. Who else would be better to talk about, you know, someone who's been through quite a bit, experienced a lot, good and bad, and um, to talk about this topic. So um, I just wanted to get your thoughts. So as, so if I start off from the top, 
with the NAIDOC theme. It said, uh, the NAIDOC 2021 theme, Hill Country, calls for all of us to continue to seek greater protections for our lands, our waters, our sacred sites, and our cultural heritage from exploitation, desecration, and destruction. So my question in on that about cultural heritage being destroyed and things like that. In May, the world's biggest iron ore mining destroyed the sacred sites in Pilbara and Western Australia. The company went ahead with the destruction of the, the Jukin Gorge rock shelters despite the opposition of Aboriginal traditional owners. They were among the oldest history, historic sites in Australia. The cave showed evidence of continuous human habitation dating back to 46,000 years. So back to healing country, our sacred sites and our cultural heritage um, are just being desecrated. But yet, you look at the, Notre, the, Church of, the Church of Notre Dame that was destroyed in a fire a few years ago, the world went crazy. Everyone was chucking money at it, but yet here we have a site that was 46,000 years old, destroyed, and it, was hardly, it hardly made the news. How can we heal, you know? Is this a joke? We just—is this just a joke? Another joke? Or I mean, how do we heal country with things like that? Well, I think um, yeah, you're right, Rodney, and um, I guess there's a lot of non-Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, um, you know, um, importance on country and what it means to us as a people. Um, is a different value to what non-Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have. And I think once they see that those sacred sites, those sites um, of historical importance, um, like the Tent Embassy, for example, mm. um, you know, different places where even missions, you know, they're historical sites, but those sacred sites and cultural sites of significance, um, once all Australians see that as part of their important value um, and a, a part of their identity, then we'll see more people mm. come forth and see that it is of great importance to us as Australians. You think that just comes down to more of the education? I think that's a part of it. You know, there's probably a lot of ways. Um, education is a great start, um, of course. Um, but, you know, even in the systems that are created today by, you know, non-Aboriginal ways of knowing and doing, um, we've got to make sure that they understand and realise that the way they do things may impa impact on a cultural group of people, mm. e.g. the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. And they have to make sure that they, you know, um, manoeuvre and look within their systems and their frameworks to ensure that they don't impact on the way we do things and know things because um, that becomes then a real racial discriminatory systemic thing and I think if um, they can make sure that they realise or understand that then hopefully um, those things will be knocked out of you know systemic sort of um, mm. uh, frameworks and systemic um, issues so I think um, as we move on to the future, um, I guess a lot of our non-Aboriginal people, there's, it's chipping away, you yeah. know. We growing up as youngsters, 
we celebrated a lot together because we were able to have us together and we had our laughs, we had our disappointments, but we did that together. Um, a lot of non-Aboriginal people I see, you know, are very individual, whereas we're very communal and very family orientated. Yeah. And so we sort things out as a family. Whereas, you know, if the bottom line is not being reached, then there's all disaster in mm. a non-Aboriginal world. So how can, you know, we do it in a way where everybody wins? Yeah. You said something there just a little bit earlier about, um, you know, about educating and until we see and come together. Do you think maybe with the, you know, the Europeans coming here and with their history of buildings and sacred sites as structural, where ours were like cave, in caves and artifacts and, and paintings. That, you think that maybe it's just something that they just don't see the, the same, like it has to be a building? I mean, because it kind of goes back to when Cook discovered Australia, you know, that this land was barren, and but it wasn't. Is it, is it like that for them? It's got to be a building, building and until we see importance? I think that, that in the beginning that was the kind of um, understanding for them. Mm. Um, you look at some of those old pictures of here in Newcastle um, that, that convict Lysett uh, painted yeah. and you'll see, you know, buildings were a big thing. They had the Anglican church um, built there back in those days, you know. That, um, and so that were, they were really important for them, mm. um, whereas country was extremely important. So you see a bit of a, um, you know, their way and our way. Um, and, and I think, you know, us um, seeing land and country is so important to the way we ensure our identity is strong um once you know non-aboriginal people see that that is really important part of their identity as i said before um i think it'll be able to meld in together somehow mm. but we're not there yet there's no. still a long way to go rodney yeah. and it may not happen in my time your time maybe <laughs> but you know i hope our children's time things will change yeah. for the better yeah. for them all right i'll keep moving on so, uh, uh, next part of the uh, the NAIDOC theme, um, country that is more than a place and inherit to our identity. Now, I was a bit confused. I, I mean, I do understand it, but it, you know, inher inherent, yeah, yeah, to our mm. to our identity. Country that, yeah. Can you break that down? Well, what I understand form? it as being is that it is crucial to our identity that these things that, um, that is country in country, because we talk about country in a metaphor as mother, yeah. and you know, we don't own the country, country owns us. Mm. And many of our younger generation get this mixed up too. Yeah. And they need to live on country to be able to understand that notion. So, um, I think the um, whole idea about country being inherent to our identity, it, ha it is, because that's the way we grew up as blackfellas. Yeah. You know, country was everything. Um, the spirits were there, you know, the sacred sites were there. We needed that mm. to continue on our responsibilities of protection.
and maintaining. It's funny you said something there where, as a kid growing up, I was always taught, yeah, that we don't, yeah, we don't own this country, that we belong to it. Um, but now I think, and I don't know if it's more the European way coming in through the younger, younger ones, because they're now saying, look, this is my country, you know, and and it's like, mm, you know, mm. the space of twenty years, it's gone from our, you know, we belong to know it's ours. Mm. Um, you know, mm. I'm even finding just in countries, you know, like um, our, when I, you know what I mean, our countries where even, you know, blackfellas are just going, what are you doing over here? This is our country. It's like, well, aren't we all still one people? I mean, are we becoming, I'm just getting a bit off track here, but do you think we're becoming a little bit too... Individualistic. Yes, yes, that's mm. a good word. Mm. <laughs> do you think? I think so. I think so, and I think that that have you noticed we're being from conditioned. When you were young to, Do you realise we yeah. we're being conditioned to this way of doing and thinking and knowing? Yeah, yeah. We were conditioned as blackfellas because there was nothing here apart from country, us, yeah. and our identity, our rituals, our ceremonies, our songs. You know, it's the our culture, it's the cultural way of knowing and doing. Mm. And as part of that, it was communal, it was family. So it was, we know that if you're from Gumbanga country, where I'm from, my father's Dungari, um, Ewan, you know, what we were taught was that this part of the land, we look after it. And mm. then it will look after us. Yeah. And... We were given that name, I believe, so that we could be known by others that, oh, that's the family of the Gumbanga people. That's the family of the Awabikul or whatever, mm. you know, and it's their job to look after country here. All this Australia, it's all the same country and it is our mother and we look after mother mm. and... And I know that the little ones, they know, you know, we look after mother. That's really, really important responsibility. But where things have crept in, I, I believe, is that we're being conditioned to be this individual. And that seems to be taking a side, side sort of part of the road and mm. it, we're ignoring that part of our beautiful culture. And mm. I just think if we can get our kids to understand that this is for all of us, mm. um, I think we'll move better, you know, forward for them. And it's about, you know, developing those values of respect and responsibility and that love and all those beautiful values that, you know, we espouse as Aboriginal people. Well, I, well, I would think that anyway mm, yeah. and I would hope that that's with all within all of us and that we espouse that to our children and all our great grandchildren you know mm. so you know I'm just looking at your family you know thinking back you know and I just thought oh my gosh you had a big family I had a big family we had a family of 13 and it. you know <laughs> and I just think how did our parents you know yeah. cope with all of that sort of stuff but they had their backing yeah. You know, they had other people there to support and help them in lots of ways. But even the family themselves, we all dug in and did our bit, you know, yeah. even as a little four or five-year-old, 
remember doing my bit in yeah. washing the clothes down the river <laughs> on the rock. <laughs> but it's that whole thing of the com- communal idea versus the individualism and we're being conditioned to live this individualistic lifestyle which is not us as black people it's not us at all and hopefully that it's that those values and those things that are inherent to our identity will be brought in again so if they're the things from an aboriginal community organization we need to look to they're part of our little dilly bag that we can pull out and use, you yeah. know, the way that we do our services to our people. But we always have that non-Aboriginal voice in the background that, you know, you've got to do it this way. That's governance. You've got to do that way. You, you've got to be accountable. You've got to be transparent. Yeah. And, you know, we were always transparent yeah. and accountable. We were accountable to our identity. You think that could be a, a bit or that we've had to learn the, the mainstream and the white fellow ways, especially in government, um, you know, to reclaiming things or just, um, but in doing that process and learning their ways to, to get things or, you know, that we've maybe, yeah, put too much emphasis on that and forgotten our, our true upbringing and that 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 uh, yes, that is part of that. You know what Rodney, I mean? yeah, I know what you mean, and um, that we've been blindsided by this other cultural yeah. way. Because we know and if we want anything, or if we, you know, we've got to fill out twenty forms. Oh, definitely. You know, yes. we've got to go through yes. this and all the red tape. And we've just gotten so consumed <laughs> exactly. in trying to regain. Exactly. And yes. I think we've lost a bit of the yeah, the, um, the old ways, yeah. yeah, the old traditional ways. But you know, while ever we're passionate as black followers in what we do in our roles and responsibilities in whatever we do, whether it's in work, in the community or whatever, we or I would hope that our people would bring, you know, in our little dilly bag those beautiful values mm. we pull out, that they're never lost, yeah. that they always come out. And I do know that, you know, our cultural ways of knowing and doing do um, clash at times mm. with non-Aboriginal cultural ways of knowing and doing. And this is where the dilemma comes in. So how do we move forward then as an Australian community, yeah. as an Australian, as Australian people, how yeah. do we move forward? I think we just got to, and both sides have got to learn that, as you said, when we do clash and we do clash, that I always find even if I don't uh, agree with somebody's views, I still like to understand. Yes. So when I do talk to other people, I go, well, you got to understand the way why they're thinking. I'm not saying you agree with it. Yeah, I think that could, I think that could resolve a lot of things. But, um, oh, definitely. Or right, I'll keep moving on. Um, next part of the, the, the NADOC theme, country that we speak about like a person, sustaining our lives in every aspect, spiritually, physically, emotionally, socially, and culturally. Healing country means finally resolving many of the outstanding injustices which impact on the lives of our people. Mm-hmm. This year, we saw, you know, with the murder of the, un- you know, unfortunate with the death of George Floyd. Um, but the murder and on top of all other things that have happened around the world over the years, the Black Lives Matter movement, once again, healing country and resolving injustices. Are we even close? Are we, how do we, how 
how do we heal how do we heal a country when there's a lot of things like well, that happening well i think you know um black lives matter movement was a real you know push on the brakes yeah for this country and you know what <laughs> just even in my little work work area my workspace place um it really pushed the brakes and they had to stop and think well what is this movement trying to tell me tell us here as an organization um and they would have lots of different conversations and whatever you know and it's really driven the organization to ensure that issues around systemic racism is looked at and um, and that Aboriginal people and or Torres Strait Islander people are free to, you know, call it out. Yeah. We have to feel <clears throat> that freedom to call it out and not feel that we're going to be judged mm. by, you know, non-Aboriginal people in, in the workplace because we are, have. And, you know, as I say to some of the conversations we have, about systemic racism is you don't feel it. It's because it's not targeting you. But when it targets the particular people mm. that it's impacting on, we should be free to voice our opinions. So the Black Lives Matter movement really um, gave a big jolt to this country to ensure that um, we voiced our in, you know, um, issues around injustice um, voiced our opinions about how our identity has been slashed and destroyed to pieces, like you talk about Jook and George, George um, in um, Gorge in WA, yeah. and and the importance of that to those people there. We have a lot of that here too with the mining, you know. But not even that. We have it just with, you know. I'm hoping, you know, and I know here in Newcastle, the local government, you know, they um, re- they have a great advisory committee. I understand, you know, um, and over the years, I was in, I did a stint on the Gurukai committee once, and I just think, you know, they're doing these things. These um, government authorities, like the local government, New South Wales government, and federal government, trying to weave their way in uh, strategies and ideas to ensure that the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice is there. And that's the thing with, um, uh, we've got to make sure that, um, you know, we are there, that our voice is there and, um, you know, so that they can hear these past injustices. They can hear, you know, the stuff around Aboriginal deaths in custody, which is really hasn't been dealt mm. with. All yeah. those recommendations of that previous report and investigations and uh, um, inquiries, not a lot of those, hardly any of those recommendations have been, you know, acted upon. Um, I know one community organisation, Yilawiri, they um, were based out at Morissette and they were um, actually... Um, trying to implement one of those recommendations of a community option for our people who are caught up in the system to have a place where they can go to or have an organisation that could provide them with support 
when they came out of jail with, you know, with their families and, yeah. and getting them back into community. So it's looking at um, injustices like that with the stolen generation. You know, yes, the New South Wales government and federal government are trying to do things. And I still believe that there's still a lot more to be done in that area. And um, there's more negotiations and discuss discussions around that particular topic and especially for the stolen generations i mean people are still trying to find their roots yeah. they're still you yeah. know trying to seek compensation and you know i mean the way they did compensation and offer it to those stolen generation um victims is just i think absolutely deplorable disgraceful yeah. and being part of the process um i just thought it was just a real act, yeah. I believe. Gotcha. A real act, and you know, just remembering look how good, look how that good we are. the day, you know, yeah. day of being sitting in that room with all these people, the government solicitors, you know, your solicitor, um, people in in part of the facts, and and you know, local people. There was, you know, all these people, and they were talking, you know, asking questions, and you think. Bloody hell, you know. Um, it it was just like a theatre. Yeah. And every single stolen generation victim would have went through the same process. Mm. It was just a thing they wanted to tick the box that they were great and they did something. Yeah. I still think they still need to do more. So there's a lot of um, past injustices, Rodney, that, um, you know, that whole movement of Black Lives Matter really jolted this country into a yeah. way, but <clears> there <throat> seems to be a bit of a lull at the moment, and I yeah, think we quiet. need to do something about it again. Yes, we have these themes of NAIDOC and reconciliation, but it's just that weak, isn't it? Yeah. Why aren't we continuing them on? Yeah. You know, that has been a great education and teaching tool for all Australians, but stops there in that yeah. week or you know yeah. up, um you know prior to that and it's where does it go from there mm. so there's one thing I, I like what you said was with your um with your work environment that with the black lives movement it did make them think and i'm just hoping that with a lot of other mainstream organizations it was they had the same discussion and and thought about maybe trying to open the doors uh, for Aboriginal people to come in and, and do a bit of education. But I also think on the other hand too, Aboriginal people, like you're saying, like let's not just have NAIDOC and wait till a Black Lives Movement. We should be also pushing. Being active. Yeah, yeah. throughout the year. Yes, yeah. but we need to feel free and safe to be able to do that. <laughs> Otherwise people won't come out and do, you know, come and, you know, um, say what they feel or whatever, but we need to have a safe place for people to be able to free. This is great, an opportunity. Yeah. So I'm hoping, I don't know where this goes to from here, this interview, but, you know, at least it gets out so people could hear. Yeah. It could be a teaching tool. It goes all around the world. Well, I think, does it? I don't know. <laughs> it's about hearing and actioning the aspirations of Aboriginal and Torres Strait peoples, which are the uh, culmination of generations of consultation and discussions among our nations on a range of issues and grievances. I know we're kind of going over the same things. Mm. Um, but can I point out that 
we um, we're talking in community in consultations. Mm. We're the most consulted people in this whole country. Why is that? You know, I mean, gee whiz, they've known ever since they arrived in this country, two hundred and fifty years, whatever. They know that we're not happy with what they're doing yeah. to this country and to us. So if you want to make sure that we sustain and protect this um, beautiful country of ours and what it provides for us, then learn with us, mm. you know, listen to us and seek out those people who have the knowledge and um, learn from them, you know, just e.g. the cultural fire burning and farming and I mean that's a good example of how people now are seeing you know the benefits oh we should go and speak to the indigenous people about you know um, managing fire um, and managing these sort of um, seasons yeah my god we've been here waiting for you to ask us you know and I always yeah I just think that um, we just yeah don't get um, included in conversations. Mm. Talking about two hundred and fifty years, um, our children, our future generations deserve better. Is another uh, paragraph. You work, as you said, you know, with youth through the education uh, school department. Uh, also, as we mentioned earlier, and you know, I was on a few of those the cultural camps and the discos, and even up Karua Mish there. Um, <laughs> many you know sections uh, of the of the youth this is a two-part question how can we as aboriginal people help our youth more and how can we and how can mainstream help more with um just everything we've been talking about yes yeah yeah it is a real concerted effort um look i look at michelle perry up there cruel mission and she, you know, she's got a little group of kids who play there on the mission um, in a basketball competition, you know, and do practicing and things. And of course, Rodney, I was, you know, a bit excited about that. Love basketball, but I had a little grandson there who, you know, I wanted him to get out of his room, so to speak, and stop being on his computer of all things. <laughs> Um, and join in with this fun with the other Koori kids up there. And, you know, she's done such a damn bloody good job. And, you know, one of the local American basketballers, he offered his time for free um, to come up and help and support this little venture. And um, that was really good. Uh, Look, I think he played for one of the Newcastle teams in some basketball comp um, and a lovely bloke. And so my little fella, he joined in with that. And now that he's left school, he's decided that um, school's not good for him, which um, is a bit of a shock to my system. (laughs) And um, still trying to work out ways to get him back. But um, that's another story uh, he I think it's those little things that we start off that um, that are really really important as a people we need to see what our kids need and um, you know she needed some support and resources Michelle and her little land council on that mission doesn't have you know the resources or support that 
could have helped her, mm. but they did in lots of different ways. And now she's ventured into bringing those kids down to Broadmeadow or to the Forum, you know. So she's building that momentum. and. Yep. But she's doing it herself mm. as a concerned community member, as a relative of those kids, and just a passion, yeah. you know. So it can be done, um, but, you know, our non-Aboriginal people want need to see that by doing this stuff and coming from the local people, because they know what their children need, um, that, you know, let's put the resources in there. Instead of having these red tapes you have to follow through mm. and whatever, you know, make it a little bit more easier for the Michelles of the world yeah. who, yeah. you know, wanted just these kids to build confidence. I've got a lot of other questions, but I'm, I'm going to wrap it up with one more. So we're here NAIDOC week. Um, it's a two-part question again. Um, heal country. Heal the nation. Um, what's one thing you think our people could do better to maybe heal ourselves or to heal family or you know, just to have some healing or closure with whatever pain or mm. suffering they're going through? And the other one is what do you think mainstream could do um, to help with that? Well, I think with mainstream, I think... Um they need to um, listen more mm. to Aboriginal people. Um, I know in my workplace they are getting it, they're starting to get it, which is really wonderful for me in my role yeah. and it makes it easier. You know, change, change is a great thing. I mean, it's like a bit of a cleansing, isn't it? You know, our people... Mm. Our people you know, we need that cleansing too. So that's all about healing. And I think, you know, if we can, you know, <laughs> we get, we've got some angry people, there's a lot of healing that needs to be done within our own community. And, you know, you have to have a really, you know, a respected person to start that conversation mm. t that everybody would look to and respect and support. Um, to be able to do that. But, you know, they are little things. They're little challenges, I see. Um, just chipping away at the block, I think. Maybe bringing back uh, what we call culture camps. They were great days. Mm. Those kids, you know, they're in their 30s or 40s. Mate, 50s? they still talk about that sort of 50s. <laughs> yeah. They still talk about that. They'll never yeah. forget those times. Yeah. Why can't we offer that to our kids now? That's just one little thing, yeah. you know. Um, and I know that we have to follow non-Aboriginal protocol with our community organisations. I know that because that's where we get our funding from, you know, and that's how we, you know, operate. So, um, but, you know, that doesn't mean we have to leave aside our cultural values. Yeah. Louise, thank you for coming in. Um, I know this topic, as I had a lot more questions, um, but uh, I think this is one of those discussions that could go on for a three-day workshop <laughs> and then a uh, educational video on top of that. But um, I hope you have a, a good NAIDOC, even though there's not much happening because of 
COVID again. <laughs> um, but yeah, but just just to finish off, um, what does NAIDOC mean to you? Hmm. Probably having a voice. Yeah. Having a voice. I think one departing, departing statement that I could probably share is that remember is your voice being heard? Is that heard? Well, Louise, we've heard you today. Uh, thank you. Um, it was a blessing for me to have you on this. Um, as I said, we go a long way back uh, when you used to slap me around the head as a <laughs> snotty-nosed kid. But, but thank you for coming in today. Thanks, Rodney. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>